Hey, before we get started with today's episode, I just want to quickly let you know that if you DM me the word audit on Instagram, that's at Ken Westgar, we'll do a quick 15-minute audit of your launch. And by the end of the audit, you'll know exactly where to put your focus in order to grow and scale your next launch. So like I said, DM me the word audit on Instagram, and I'll talk to you soon. This is the Oh My God on Launcher podcast, and on today's episode, I'm talking to Carla Hunt, and we are talking about um, imposter syndrome and how she helped people using hypnosis to get past the imposter syndrome. And imposter syndrome obviously is a huge topic because we deal with that as as entrepreneurs uh, in our personal lives. You know, it, we can't escape it. So um, it's good to hear someone else's point of view on this and how she uses hypnosis to kind of get past that. So stay tuned. Okay, so one quick note before we get into today's episode. Now, we all know creating content takes time, but it will be more effective if you already have mapped out your entire launch so that you know exactly what needs to be done, by when, and by who. Now, if you want to have a stress-free launch, all you have to do is sign up for my free Map Out Your Launch mini course so that you'll have a solid launch plan for your next launch. Now, you'll find the link in the show notes, or you can go to www.kenwescar.com forward slash launch plan. Have you launched your online course with great success? Or maybe you launched totally tank and you just want to curl up and cry. Well, it really doesn't matter. Hi, my name is Ken Westgar and I'll help online course creators and membership site owners creating the most fun and profitable launches without having to go it alone. In this podcast, we talk about all kinds of launches. You'll get tons of valuable insights and fun stories that highlights the dramatic ups, downs, failures, and success that comes from being in launch mode. This is the Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast. I'm your host, Ken Wesker, and today I have Carla Hunt with me. Welcome, Carla. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to have you here. And uh, today we're going to talk about you know a topic that I know people definitely deal with <laughs> pretty much on a daily basis, probably. Uh, imposter syndrome. That's a huge one. Yeah. A lot of people deal with this. <laughs> But you have a different approach to this, obviously, because you deal with that in in terms of using hypnosis to kind of get over that imposter syndrome. So uh, before we get into that, why don't you just let people know, you know, who you are, who you help and how you help people? Yeah. So I'm Carla Hunt, CEO and founder of Prioritizing Peace. I'm also the host of the Unapologetically Prioritizing Peace podcast. I'm a mental wellness coach and hypnotist. I help men and women release subconscious blocks that normally cause self-sabotage and procrastination so that they can live their best lives, creating vibrant health and wealth. Great. So let's just start with the big question, you know, imposter syndrome, what is that? How do we explain that? Yeah. So imposter syndrome, simply put, is to experience feeling like a fraud. You feel as though at any moment, like you might be found out by other people that you are a fraud, like you don't know what you're doing and you got where you are just by sheer luck or by accident. You often feel like you have no idea what you're doing, yet other people around you seem to have so much faith and confidence in you. There's a disconnect in the belief in your abilities of what you're actually able to do and your abilities. So like that disconnect is really going on in your mind. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, using the word fraud, what do we mean by you? you know, uh, it seems like a powerful word in terms of, you know, how we see ourselves. I mean, calling ourselves a fraud, that's pretty extreme. Yeah, it is. And, it, and what it really boils down to is there's somewhere along the lines that we feel unworthy of mm-hmm. what we're trying to 
reach towards or work towards or what we're doing. So the, the feeling of fraud is we don't feel like we're worth it. We're not enough. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we know that usually we're more than enough. But, right. Yeah. But it, this is due to, you know, some uh, limited beliefs that we have uh, about ourselves. You know, we're maybe there's some fear behind all of this, right? Yes, absolutely. There's there's a lot of fear and it could be fear of judgment, fear of success, fear of failure. And mm-hmm. it could have arose sometime when we were younger, you know, someone telling us that we were not good enough as kids and that just subconsciously got stuck or a parent that was very critical, although well-meaning because they wanted mm-hmm. the best for us, we misinterpreted that as not being good enough because we never like met the bar where they had raised it very high for us because, you know, they just wanted us to have the best, but we were never able to hit the target. So we mm-hmm. just felt like we were always falling short and internalized that as not being good enough as kids. Yeah, that's... Yeah, and I've noticed a lot of, you know, times we talk with people with, um, you know, t- things like fear and this imposter syndrome, all that, it always comes back to the childhood in some kind of way. That is something that we experience or the way people talk to us or the things that said in our childhood, that's kind of where it all comes back to. Yeah, it really does. There's always something in our childhood that was a misperception and then it gets planted. And I don't know if you've seen the movie inside out, but um, in the movie yeah. inside out, uh, the core memories that are stored in the brain in this movie, it's like a new core memory has been developed and then it's, you know, stored uh, for long term. And then that's a subconscious block that causes us this internal uh, imposter syndrome later on that, you know, we keep coming back to and we don't consciously know that it's there, but it's subconscious. And it's that memory that Mm -hmm. we keep coming back to every single time that makes us feel like we're unworthy. And it's always something in our childhood. And it doesn't have to relate necessarily to imposter syndrome. It could be issues with dating and relationships and, you know, dating the wrong type of person every single time. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, Had a thought here, but I kind of forgot it. But doesn't matter. <laughs> Maybe come back to me. Um, what is it that keep people stuck in this? I mean, dealing, we have to deal with the imposter syndrome, obviously, but that is maybe a bit of a struggle. So people kind of get stuck in this never ending loop of just doing the same thing all over again and never getting out of it. What is it that causes that loop? Yeah. So a lot of entrepreneurs get stuck in the emotional states that are caused by overthinking, which one of those overthinking is the imposter syndrome. And the experience, as I said before, is feeling like we're not competent, even though people around us believe that we are. And the feelings, there's always feelings of fear of judgment and success or failure. And that lack of worthiness gives us that repeating self-doubt of who am I to be doing this? And that's the repetitive beliefs cause the emotions and it just reinforces that belief even further. And it's just in a cycle that Mm. causes us to get stuck. And so when we feel this fear, we want to feel safe. And so we do things to keep ourselves safe. And a lot of what we do to keep ourselves safe is staying in our comfort zone. So a lot of entrepreneurs, we will continue to get more education, more credentials, keep buying more courses, keep buying more shiny objects, and keep learning rather than going out and doing. Rather than mm-hmm. launching the thing, 
will keep buying more stuff to look better, have more initials behind our name, or trying to become an expert instead of just doing it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, the question I have for you actually was um, that, you know, the way to kind of deal with this, uh, a lot of people need to go back to the childhood. And there's a lot of things that we don't remember, like you just said, but that's kind of where your hypnosis part comes in, I would believe, because that's kind of where you can start digging up things that they don't remember or didn't even know that was there, right? Yeah, exactly. So to have better emotional well-being and release the imposter syndrome, we need to acknowledge and become aware of this. And like you said, we may not be aware of all of this. And that's why they call them blind spots, because mm-hmm. if we could see them, they wouldn't be called blind spots. <laughs> so That wouldn't be an issue. <laughs> right? So we can identify the emotion. We can drill down and get to it using the emotion, into our childhood because that emotion stays the same. Like we felt that way when we were a child, when that memory was originally created and that emotion keeps coming back up over and over and over again. And it's called emotional resonance. Just like, Mm -hmm. you know, music frequency has a resonance. The same is with emotional frequency. It originated in childhood and it keeps coming back up like a ripple effect. Mm -hmm. And so we can go back down and find the root cause and unplant that misperception when it was planted originally. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you deal with a lot of people, you know, being skeptical with the whole hypnosis thing? I, I must assume that that's happened to you as well. Yes, absolutely. And I have a video in my podcast that helps educate individuals on hypnosis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So how do you deal with, or, or do you get people coming to you being a little bit, you know, I guess they're holding it back a little bit because they don't really actually believe in this, but somehow still get managed to get the breakthroughs. So we overcome all of the fears and skepticism before we start working together because I want you to have the best experience possible. And so that's why I give you my video. I make sure I answer all of your question, address any fears that you may have. Um, because a lot of it is all fear-based when mm. people are skeptical. They don't know or understand anything about hypnosis. And what they do know is from the movies, which is all, I don't have the right words for it. Um, it's exaggerated. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's for entertainment. And right. the entertainment yeah. value is to either, you know, scare you, be a comedy or some kind of action thriller. And it's exaggerated for those reasons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we've all seen people get on stage and cluck like a chicken or something like that. <laughs> right. Yeah. I even addressed that in, in the video that I created about it. Um, yeah. So hypnosis is consensual 100%. So if mm. you are not the type of person who wants to cluck like a chicken, I can't make you cluck like a chicken. It's not going to happen. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, how, how what does the process look like when you're – um, dealing with your clients and going through the whole hypnosis. I mean, it's one thing to kind of figure this out and going deep with it, but how do we, or how do you help them kind of get past the fears and the judgments that we have? Yeah. So I like to look at it as, um, 
going back to my metaphor about unplanting a seed. So if you think about weeds that are growing during the summer, there are several ways you can get rid of a weed and not all of them are the same. You can cut a weed on the surface, but the entire root network is still there and it'll mm-hmm. continue to grow. You can pull the weed and some of the roots are still there and it'll grow back. You can spray the weed with weed killer and you'll get longer lasting results, you know, up to a year as the weed killer results say, but it's temporary and next year the roots Uh, because the roots are still there underneath it, the weeds will grow back next year. The only way to get rid of the entire root network is like I said, to go back and to unplant the seed, which is what we do in hypnosis. And then there are no roots. Okay. So can you explain a little bit more about that? What you mean by unplanting the seed? I mean, what do you put into that? So we do hypnosis together, and we just go back to following that emotion back to the original memory in which it occurred. And then we unplant that seed from there. We take away that misperception and correct that misperception. We change nothing because we cannot change history, but we will change the misperception into the correct information. So like I said, If your parent was overbearing and critical, but they just wanted the best for you, and you know that as an adult, we get to tell your younger self the information that you know now mm-hmm. and correct that misperception. And so the younger you gets to you know grow up as you are. So as the younger self changes, you change, and we remove that negative belief. And then we are also going to give you um, new beliefs so that you are able to see yourself as the amazing, accomplished, um, capable person that everyone else around you sees. We want you to be able to see yourself in that same perception as everyone else sees you. Right. Oh, that makes sense. So you kind of go back and kind of uh, not change the script, but you add information to that story so that you understand why things were said the way they were said. Right. Maybe. Hmm. Yes. That makes sense. Imposter syndrome has a lot to do with confidence, obviously. So when we're feeling this imposter syndrome, our confidence level drops. Yes. Do you say that's true? Yes, it's absolutely true. In well, how how does the how can we affect that in terms of you know doing a positive t- take on that? How can we make it to boost our uh, confidence? Yeah. So again, shifting the beliefs. So we're going to add in uh, direct positive suggestions, telling you all of the positive things that you are, and also like the direction in which you want to go. So if you're, you know, um, the goal that you have is to launch and you want to have a million dollar launch. I can't promise you a million dollar launch, but I can help you take the steps to get to launching. Mm-hmm. So we'll weave that in there so that you are working on your business every single day and working on the parts that get you to the launch instead of like spending six hours in Canva every single day and not, you know, putting yourself out there and not working on your landing page, your sales page, or your email blasts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there any type of typical personalities, I guess you could say, that you see having struggling with the imposter syndrome um, in terms of what type of people is that? That's a really great question. I have not seen that there's any particular personality. I think it's 
it affects everyone. Like mm-hmm. no one, no one is excluded from this. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Now I'm just thinking, you know, because you have people that deal with the imposter syndrome, they are usually people maybe who, you know, they're coming from a place of service. They want to actually help people and they have, you know, there's something going on there, but then you have people who are super confident, maybe to the degree of being arrogant, you know, believing that, well, I know everything about this, so I don't have a problem with this. So there's kind of these two different types of personalities in that sense. I don't know if you see anything like that. Yeah. In that case, you are absolutely correct. There are two different types of people and I can't think of the word that's used, but um, there's some kind of a effect where like when you know too much, a lot of those individuals, because they know a lot, they know mm. that they can know more and that also causes imposter syndrome. And I can't mm. remember the name of it, but there's other individuals who like the lack of education and a with like a a sprinkle of like ego, they're just like so confident that like they can take on the world and then they go out there and just because they're confident to do it, even if they don't know what they're doing, it's because of their confidence and that they went and they took the action that they're out there crushing it. And then Mm -hmm. everyone out there with imposter syndrome is just like, well, how are they crushing it? They don't even know what they're doing. Why is this happening? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. exactly. It's a bit frustrating. Yeah, exactly. Because it's a bit of a shame, you know, that people who wants to help the most and absolutely have the knowledge and, you know, yeah, the desire to do this as the also the same people who struggle with the imposter syndrome. A lot of yeah. Times. And I, I definitely think that the individuals who have imposter syndrome have the biggest hearts. They mm. care the most and it's because they care and they are very introspective and reflective about themselves. And that's part of it is that they're, they're very hard on themselves and in their introspection is I'm not good enough. And that's what keeps cycling through rather than how much, you know, positive information that they're getting from their, you know, peers of like, you're doing great. Like you can do this. We believe in you. Like we see how amazing you are. It's just, it's Mm -hmm. not getting internalized because it's not getting through their own thoughts. Mm -hmm. And why is that? Why, why can't they just receive that and take that with them and just kind of go with it? Yeah. It's, it's because of that subconscious, that original subconscious, uh, seed that was planted in childhood mm-hmm. that's it's so strong that it, it until that's removed like it's a barrier or like a, a brick wall that prevents all of that positive information from getting in mm-hmm. yeah and also judgment is a huge thing as you mentioned um yeah and the thing is people judge all the time uh, it, you know even though if we don't think about it they do and why do we get so hung up on that why do we care about what people think? That's a great question. Um, I, I think it just, it boils down to fear. It's like, we are concerned about what other people think and it, it, be, it turns into an overthinking mm-hmm. in, in my, from my perspective is we start thinking about what other people are thinking and we keep thinking about that overthinking it. And it just, it keeps growing into just a big negative, like cloud if you will, of Mm -hmm. fear. And we keep reinforcing that fear and then those negative feelings. And we prevent ourselves from wanting to go out and, you know, do public speaking or do a launch because we have just built up this 
negative thoughts so much of like, okay, well, what if they think this? And then like, it's just a big domino that keeps tumbling down farther and farther and farther and keeps growing bigger or like a snowball effect. The snowball keeps gathering snow as it goes down the hill. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I would risk to say that, you know, that you might be afraid of judgment in some areas, but then again, not in some other areas. I've noticed that with myself too, you know, doing the podcast. I've been doing that for two years now and over a hundred episodes and that's going perfectly fine. But, you know, being on camera in general is a lot harder, even though I'm on camera right here on the podcast as well. That is so weird. Yeah, I I know that is, um, it's definitely just a, difference of situation and it can change context. Um, Mm -hmm. so, and it, like I said, it could be a subconscious thought with a, like a shift of context of like with the podcast, you feel that you have control over the podcast because you can edit it. You're able to choose how it's released. And that gives you a sense of safety and security because it's controlled. And in other mediums, you may not feel that you have the same sense of control. So like if, you know, your friend comes up and they want to take a selfie or do a TikTok or something, you have no control how that medium is released or reproduced or put out on the Internet. That could be a little bit more scary Mm -hmm. and change that fear of judgment in the back of your mind. Subconsciously, you might not even be aware that all of those thoughts are happening at all. Right. Yeah. And that's. That's probably one of the biggest issues that we're so not aware of what's going on in our subconscious mind. It's just, it's just there and doing this thing. Yeah. It's like having, you know, like a Windows 98 computer and you have all these tabs open and you don't even know what tabs are open, but there's like, I like the example of like, you have a hundred tabs open, but there's music playing on one of the tabs and you don't know which (laughs) one it is, but it's subconsciously there. It's like in the background and you can't find it. You have to start closing out the tabs to figure out where this music's coming from. And that's kind of what hypnosis is. We're going to close out all the tabs and get rid of the tab that's playing the music. That's not helpful. <laughs> I love that analogy. That was really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you also mentioned that we tell ourselves that we're not good enough. Yeah. Um, what do we put into that? Say that again. What do we, when we say we're not good enough, what kind of meaning do we put into that? Yeah. So the meaning, I mean, it, it, it's very much straightforward a meaning that we're not good enough, but the meaning can be different for each individual. So that individual, Mm -hmm. um, that could be a lack of worth, um, the I'm not good enough could mean, you know, like put an ending on it. Like I'm not good enough because, and then X, Y, and Z, and that could, you know, actually lead back to your story. If you keep, you know, drawing down far enough, but I'm not good enough because I'm not getting the approval I deserve from my father. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that, that could like hit the nail on the head right there. It's like, well, that goes right back to your childhood. And for whatever reason, you don't feel like you're good enough because your dad never said, I'm proud of you, or your mom never said it, or you feel like you're not living the dream that they had set out for you, which I, I know a lot of people in um, certain cultures feel that way because the the parents have expected them to do, um, you know, a certain job description or pursue a specific profession and they feel like they are failing their parents even though they really want to do something else that is true to their heart's desire and that Mm -hmm. disconnect makes them feel like they are not good enough because they want to be good enough for their parents love Mm, yeah and 
Do you have you seen any types of um, again? I don't know what to call it, but you know, in terms of what type of families are you seeing? Are they wealthy families? Are they low income families who struggle with this? You know, not being good, good, good enough because people or the parents expect so much from them. I think it depends on how it plays out. So. I think more wealthy families are the ones that like have a very high expectation of like, you're supposed to succeed. You are supposed to go to college. You're supposed to be in this kind of profession. I have very high expectations of you. I only want the best for you. But there are also poor families that also want the same for their children. It's like, Mm -hmm. well, you have to be better than me. That's my expectation of you is like, you have to go and save our family from this. You, your generation has to be better than ours. And that's a very heavy load to carry. So like, you're supposed to be better. And if you fail, like you failed us all kind of thing. But there's some families where your productivity in like poorer families is that's, that's how, you know, you get your love is, I'm not worthy of love if I can't produce something, if I'm not able to contribute to my family in some kind of way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's, and like I said, it's a heavy load to carry just knowing that you have to step up and kind of carry the whole family. Yeah. Forward. Yeah, absolutely. Um, is there anything that you feel like we haven't touched on that you would like to mention in terms of this? I think you've asked a lot of great questions. <laughs> well, I good. love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if anybody who is skeptical about, you know, trying hypnosis, I mean, it's just a matter of, you know, trying or at least educate yourself a little bit on what that means to do a hypnosis session um, and kind of go from there. Yeah. And if anyone has any questions about hypnosis, definitely let me know. Like I said, hypnosis is consensual. If you don't want to do it, it's not going to happen. You will immediately emerge from hypnosis if you don't like something that I said. And anything that I say to you, we go over before you even go into hypnosis also. Yeah. So it's a very safe space yes. that you kind of set the stage for that, you know, they should feel safe when going into this. Absolutely. I 100%. I want everyone to feel super safe and comfortable because it's, this is experiences for you. Like this, Mm -hmm. this has nothing to do with me. This is your transformation. This is your journey. This is a safe space because I want you to get the best results for your outcome. And it's, it's literally all about you. So what you need, what you want, what you desire to get you the results. Yeah. And that's the way it is with business in general i think you know it's it is about you uh in a lot of terms you know um it's not just about the other customers and all that around you but um yeah you need to feel comfortable with yourself and you know the things that you do should be something that you enjoy and all of that so it's it's it is about you yeah yeah um if people want to reach out to you work with you get in touch with you how can they do that um you can find me at you can email me at hello at prioritizingpeace.com. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram or LinkedIn. Um, my handle is at prioritizingpeace. Um, my website is also at prioritizingpeace. Just prioritizingpeace is me. Just that's it. Google it. <laughs> you'll find me. Yeah. And we'll look up everything in the show notes so people have something to click through as well. So it shouldn't be a problem. Awesome. Um, 
yeah, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your expertise on um, hypnosis and imposter syndrome. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I greatly appreciate it. You're welcome. Uh, and thank you to everybody who's been listening in this week and we'll catch you again next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast. Now, if you like this episode, I would really appreciate if you left a review over on iTunes. And secondly, head on over to Instagram and connect with me at Ken Westgar. That's K-E-N-W-E-S-T-G-A-A-R-D. And drop me a DM and tell me all about your launch. And I'll catch you in the next episode.